welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. There we go. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 413 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Edward Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? I'm very good, very good. Had a lovely weekend away, so uh, in the Yorkshire Dales, which is nice. Likewise, yeah, and the the weather closed in a little bit yesterday on the Monday, didn't it? But you managed to... Yeah, a bit exciting. (laughs) I know, I mean, we shouldn't complain because it has been extremely dry and and sunny and, well, well, not warm entirely, but it's been very dry for a good three or four weeks, hasn't it? So. Um, well, we we climbed to the top of one of the fells um, on Sunday, uh, Saturday. And um, when we got to the very top, uh, it started snowing and we thought, oh my God, and it lasted about 10 minutes and then disappeared. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah, yeah we were on the beach. In, we've been to Northumberland just for a long weekend, the bank yes. holiday. And uh, like literally, I was burying my lad in the sand up to his neck. And then 20 minutes later, we were legging it up the hill back to the... Uh, Trying to get back to the caravan because there was hailstones <laughs> slamming <laughs> into us. So, yeah, you gotta love you gotta love holidays in the UK, hey. Yeah, um, we're talking this week yeah. about retail therapy, really, and uh, yeah, as life returns to normal, there's a lot of well, for, for some people, a lot of money swirling around, and there's a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of places to spend it, I'm sure. So we'll talk about that soon. Livingthepresent.co.uk, all the show notes and links. As ever, um, free meditation files and a discount code for the book if you fancy it. So check it out. Um, so yeah, Sean, uh, you had a good you have, you've had a good week, a bit of time to unplug, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. Nice to just get away, um, which is the first time in forever. It feels like hmm. uh, the only thing I found was going up the the fell, which is quite. It's like an hour and a half, hour and three quarters walk to the top, and some of it is quite steep. Was it? Uh, I could really feel the COVID issue with my lungs. Really? Um, so that going up, it was very tight. And there was a time when I felt like I had a dagger down in each lung. Oh. Um, but after a while, although it hurt, I could actually breathe in properly. And I felt that's the first time I've actually managed to fill my lungs since I had COVID last year. Um, wow. Yeah, when, when so, did you get it? Were you like June or July when, it, when you... No, but it was August, September. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. End of August and September. But I think the test was on some like September the 5th. But mm. they, um, um, it made me realize that although it is kind of counterintuitive when you feel your body, I need to go and make my body work again. I need to make, get my lungs working because I felt so much better. Uh, yeah. That what happens is, is I've still got the blues voice now. There was a point when we got to the top of the fell when I could hardly talk. I was saying like, <laughs> um, so it has that weird effect. But I, I need to get my lungs working properly. So I'm doing lots of pranayama now, breathing exercises, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually start running again. Um, I'll do walk runs start off with to get my system back into it. Hmm. Cool. I guess it's the, yeah. I mean, it, life is returning in it, but for a lot of people, yeah, there will be that. That picked up the uh, the bug, if you can call it that. Um, yeah, it's going to be living. You're going to be living with it for a while, hey. And little little reminders here and there of, <laughs> of what we all went through. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, yeah. I, well, luckily I've managed to swerve it so far, and I'm, I've had my text message to say that uh, I will shortly be invited for jab number one, which is cool. And I'm I'm not even forty quite, so uh, yeah, they're obviously rattling through it in our part of the world, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Which when you look at places like India and what they're going through, that's scary, isn't it? That's like it is. Yeah, I mean, I would I would happily sacrifice my. Uh, my jab and any treatment I needed to, uh, yeah, just send it over there, man. Where there's, where the, you know, mm-hmm. the, whatever, over fifties and sixties over there need it much more. So, yeah, Ugh. yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, very scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've written a blog post about retail therapy, um, and I've had a good read through it and made some notes. But yeah, what prompted this one, Sean? Um, talking to people, it was after the, the podcast that we did on smell. That one seems to have affected quite a few people. People come back to me and say, oh, no, I hadn't thought about that before. And, you know, that whole idea about what do we smell like. But then the, the issue has come about. It's conversations about how there's so much money that people are holding because they haven't been spending it in lockdown. And how now people want to go and spend because they like the retail therapy, but they want the freedom. But out there are some nice, nasty scallywags who um, are, are, want that money as well. So there's lots of scams going on. And, yep. and the people were saying things about being able to smell and all this kind of, it was the nose, touching the nose stuff. And it's like, can you smell a rat? Can you smell a rat online? And it's easier to identify if you're being diddled uh, from, a, you can smell it if you're being diddled face to face. If it's being done online, so many people are getting taken up to cleaners at the moment, which isn't good. You know. No, it's not. Um, and some of the scams are pretty good. In fact, you know, when I got my text from the NHS on whatever Thursday, Friday, no, Friday last week, um, yeah, my initial instinct was this is this isn't right. This is there's something wrong about this because it was asking me to send an email somewhere um, to a, an email address. So uh, you know, thankful. Well, I realised in the end, and I checked out the the email address. It was legit and all that. And um, I had had a previous text message from that number from. You know, so, but so it was fine that one. But I've had other texts. I think there's been Royal Mail ones going around recently in the UK. The postal service we use here, uh, which aren't from yeah. Royal Mail, and quite have scammed a lot of uh, a lot of people. Um, so yeah, you've just got to. And, and I, I host a lot of um, through my my day job email addresses for for clients. You know, I, I take care of them for them, and so I get quite a. I get a decent number of emails from clients every week just saying, is this right, Ed? You know, is this, this, is this legit? Cause quite often it will ask for username, mm. passwords and stuff. And indeed you get them from me. So yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. You, you might be my top customer actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, general, the general thing is if it hasn't got some kind of unique identifier to you in the email or the text, you know, to say hi Ed or, um, then it and it's asking for username and passwords. Um, then it's usually a scam. If it if it mentions your name or some kind of account number that you recognise, then you're, you yeah. But well, it's worth investigating everything, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it? It's like at this time, as we're coming out of of hibernation into the sunlight, we need to be careful that we're not blinded by the light, and end up making mistakes. You know, that's the bit that I see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are you looking forward to getting back in in the shops as they all reopen and getting, cramming in there and getting all your all your stuff? No. I know you do love a bit of stuff, don't you, Sean? <laughs> no, I can't stand stuff. Keep your stuff. I don't want it. Um, they, um, it, it, it's for me. 
it's been good not to be doing that, really. Um, we went to IKEA a couple of weeks ago, which is open in a very COVID-friendly way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to be out doing it again. But I was when I'm walking around, I was thinking how much I really don't miss any of this. You know, um, and and it's okay when you're setting up home and you're doing stuff. It's fine. Yeah. You know, you've been a regular every day since. Why why do we want to do that? I know. Well, I mean, uh, for where we live, you know, we're, we're suburbanites, aren't we? So um, we're not kind of urban creatures where everything that we need is within a five minute walk or, you know, um, yeah. a lot of, you know, this, a lot of what we do as suburbanites, yeah, is revolved around, it revolves around getting in a car and going to places, partly just to kind of fix our boredom. So, you know, I, I live quite close to a retail park in Brombrunt. Um, and no, we're, close, yeah. Yeah. we're not, we're quite good at not going there, but you know, there's, when you've got two kids and nothing to do on a weekend, then there's and in normal times, you know, you, you go up to the retail park, man, and join the rest of your suburban friends and family. And you go to, you just have a wander around the shops and you go to the soft play center for the kids to have a bit of fun. And maybe you go and grab a bit of food and then you get back in your, in your stink wagon and you head on home. <laughs> so, Sounds perfect. <laughs> yes. I mean, Obviously, you know, things have evolved in the last hundred years or so in terms of commerce and 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 in the economy. And in, in a place like the UK, it's a lot it's based a lot around services and kind of things for people to do at the weekend, even if that thing is just buying stuff to kind of yeah, to fill fill that gap. I, mean, I, I think I think that's what people have been doing. They've been I call it like lockdown lust. People have been lusting after doing things or having things or getting things or going somewhere. And the more you play with it in your mind, the bigger it gets. So that people have developed this need to go and, oh, I need to go and do it and have it and be it. Yeah, and so talk a little bit about the the actual psychological responses and the, the, the things. The that, dopamine bit. Yeah, what's flowing through our body when we go to places like that and we kind of trans- do well, those transactions. We don't think, I love this whole thing about, we see addiction as being someone who's in the gutter on heroin or cocaine or alcohol or something. But we're all addicted to things. I mean, I guess you'd say that people are addicted to cars. Um, and addiction means that it's a habit, but a habit is a chemical process in your brain and your nervous system. Um, yeah. And the, the main driver for this is, is the pleasure centers, which is like dopamine. Um, so people will get a hit out of buying something so the way it goes is, uh, in psycho speak, we'd say they get a love object. So someone is, maybe there's a dress in the shop, so they walk past and they look at it, and then they walk past again and look at it, and then they deliberately walk past and look at it, and then in, in the end they go in and they touch it, smell it, taste it, feel it, whatever, and then they've got to try it on, and then they've got to have it. And, and that process might take weeks or months to get to the I've actually got it. Mm. But the tension between you and this love object gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you've got it, and then there's no tension there. So the amount of people that will buy something, take it home, and then maybe never wear it. Yeah? I know. So well, some millions of pairs of shoes, you know. That yeah, yeah, I mean, you and I aren't immune to that because, I mean, I've made a few big purchases in the last year, or big for us anyway, and, you you know, you've got something going through at the moment that you've been plotting and planning for years and years, so... For me, in the last year, I've bought a new laptop, which is quite, you know, you remember my old one, the, the trouble I had with that. <laughs> so, Steam-driven, that one, yeah. I like to think this week was, like, pretty necessary, uh, an upgrade. Um, 
Uh, I've got a new phone because my old, my, I had a four, four and a half year old iPhone, which is kind of coming to the end of its life. And we can talk a little bit about how the things that we buy, they kind of, yeah, through for one reason or another, kind of become, yeah, they can't be used anymore, which is a shame, even though they're not that old. And then obviously recently I've bought an, an electric bike to kind of, as a long-term replacement for the car, to be honest, but, you know, still, well, did I really need it? You know, could, would my life have been like that much worse without it? Probably not. You know, I could, we could have got by without it quite easily. So again, it's, that was probably a splurge, which, um, yeah, the, the world could have lived, lived without. So you and I aren't immune to that stuff, are we? No, no. So I, I'm actually sitting in front of three screens here, um, which people say is accessible. I'm, I'm actually using them all. So I've got you on one. I've got um, our running list on one. I've got the blog on another. And when I'm working with people, I'm very often using three screens. And that to me isn't excessive. It's like what I need to do my job. Um, the, uh, I was watching someone online the other day and they had the brand new M1 MacBook Pro, which was so slick and so fast. And I was watching them use it. And there was a part of me that was fired up the dopamine triggers. And I thought, oh, I could really do one of those. And then I, and then I observed the dopamine. I'm thinking to myself, do I, I don't really need, I wouldn't use it anyway. Mm. No, I don't need it. Yeah. And it's so easy to get trapped in that kind of, it's almost like a fashion thing. So, you know, I need that pair of trainers or that haircut. Or, yeah, totally. Or I mean, I, I bought this MacBook Pro, uh, yeah, May last year. And it was, you know, it's not, the, it's not the mass completely specced out top of the range one, but it's, it's a MacBook Pro, so it does the great job. But, but three months later, after getting it, the Apple announced, yeah, they've got this new M1 chip, that, which yeah. those that don't know is like a, it's Apple have produced this chip specially for their laptops, so they're not going to get them from Intel anymore. They're way more efficient. Battery lasts twice as long. It's, it's actually quite a massive step forward for, for computing. Um, so I'm like, oh, God, I've just spent, you know, nearly two grand on this laptop, man. And this, this thing that's twice as fast <laughs> is out straight away. And it's the same price. But that's just the way computing works, isn't it? Because it's the same. I bought um, a Google phone. I, I switched from Apple and I went to, I got a Pixel 5. Uh, within a few months already, the kind of rumors about the Pixel 6 were coming and it's due next month. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, flipping heck, man. Here we go. <laughs> well, the good news is that they're doing an M1 iPad. Yeah, so I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and then there's a lot of conversation about <clears throat> if you've got an M1 iPad, do you need a, a MacBook anymore? Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm. But then, yeah, so you're, you, you were talking about getting your, your camper van and that'll be a, yeah. it's going to be a yeah. steam driven gas guzzler. But, you know, within a few years, that everything's going to be electric. So you'll be at one an upgrade straight away. Hey. <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming that, that, is, that somewhere in this process, that there's going to be a conversion kit where you can convert a diesel to either hydrogen or to um, to an electric. I'm assuming that you know the, the, the space that you've got, you can take the guts out and put an electric motor in. Um, and there must be someone out there doing that if it's not VW itself, because hmm. um, there must be that many vehicles on the road that would need to be utilised. Exactly. I mean, I guess that's going to be one of the great swindles of the. Uh, of the car industry in the next 10 years because the actual nuts and bolts of a car like is the suspension and the the uh, the chassis and the frame will all be absolutely you know can last as long as you make it last in terms of looking after it but mm. spot, yeah 
the, the car industry will try and sell us these shiny new electric cars where you just replace absolutely everything when all that energy that's gone into making the the, yeah. the, the cars that we have outside our houses right now um you know they're perfectly serviceable aren't they i'm, I'm not gonna i'm you know hopefully i'll be able to resist that law but um i can understand why people don't um because yeah i mean we are we are but pawns aren't we in this this stuff because there's a reason why advertising or people or businesses of all kinds spend so much on advertising because we are very human beings are very easy to control aren't, aren't they but what you're doing is you're tickling someone's pleasure centers so that when when you start to get the advertising right and people are suddenly thinking oh my god how could i have done all my life without having that particular kind of washing up liquid you know um and and, and good advertisers they're, they're better at psychology than psychologists advertisers they're brilliant um, advertising door-to-door salesmen really know people, you know, um, else they'd all be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to work, uh, I had a Saturday job um, at Curry's. Uh, in fact, at the retail park I was talking about earlier on in Bromley. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, the, the shop yeah. has moved since then, but it's like bigger and better now. But um, Was that when it was Curry's PC World or before it became Curry's yeah, PC Yeah, it was before that. It was when it had Comet next door to it and it was just... Oh, uh, my God, yes, I remember that. Remember yes. that? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, comic disappeared when I was yeah. working there, but uh, I had loads of fun in there, man. I, I, I learned a lot, really. I was my dad worked in retail his whole life, and he was very—he's been very clear to me, like, do not, like, do not work in retail. Ed, whatever you do, do not get go down that path. <laughs> so there was never any chance of me. It was like a long-term career, um, but yeah, getting to know because I was I was cashier and I was kind of on the tills and uh, running around doing the uh, admin stuff putting doing credit agreements for the bigger purchases that kind of thing um but you know working with the sales team and watching the watching the those guys especially the top two or three sales guys in the, at the company at the time watching them and kind of right le- just kind of yeah learning the tricks they used because every now and again i would have to go and be a work on the sales floor and sell something to someone just because it was too busy or you know someone was sick or whatever uh, and it is it's a real art form selling to someone isn't it and it shouldn't just be sniffed at because yeah people yeah, come no. in for, yeah they yeah. need a new washing machine or whatever but they also come in to kind of for that the joy of kind of being sold something and learning about a new product yeah but but also it's, it's the psychology I, I did some work 100 years ago for an, an american plastics company called universal plastics and um we were doing door-to-door selling so i i was like teenager and um one of the things that we were taught to do, and it was as bland as this, a woman opens the door and she's got a fag in her mouth and her hair in rollers and she's in her 40s or something. And you, you were taught to say hello from the feet up and go, is your mother in? <laughs> and she goes, oh, you naughty boy. And, <laughs> and you got a sale, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. It was that manipulative. Um, yeah, well, you're from the you're from the East End, aren't you, man? So you like Rodney yeah. and Del Boy and all that, and you're, you're, all right, yeah, bloody you must right, have known yeah. all those characters when you were growing up, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a monkey or a pony, go down and spend it. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's very much that. But it, it's like it's understanding that when people buy something, they get something from it other than what they've just bought. If you go down and buy something and like you're neither here nor there, it's a utilitarian something that is like, yeah. But most people, um, 
And, it, and it's, it's the one that really gets people is when there's two options. Do you buy that or that? Which one are you going to go for? Mm. You know, and then that really gets people going. And then that's when you get into the, oh, look at this, and this one does that as well. <gasps> oh, look at the shape. Oh, you know, what are people going to think of me when I get this? You know, um, and it's feeding all those parts of our brain that actually, from an evolutionary point of view, created our success. Because the, the things that have excited people and turned them on, they've been motivated to do. That's how human beings have developed as much as they have. Yeah, now we may look at it now and go, hmm, have we gone too far here? Certainly with things like the urbanization, industrialization and the pollution. Yeah, but the drive behind it has been people's pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, even a loaf of bread. You know, if you, you know, white sliced bread, why do we need white sliced bread? You have to process the flour even more, you go to the process of slicing it. What was the matter with brown bread unsliced? Mm. Yeah, but something excited people about white bread and it's sliced. Look, wow. Yeah. And there's a reason why bakeries tend to like blow the vent, the smell out into the street. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, there, there were um, things in, um, I mean, the psychology of shopping anyway, you know, the lighting in a shop and you have the green lights over the vegetables and the red lights over the meat and all that kind of stuff to enhance the look of it so that the meat looks nice and fresh when it's not. Um, but also the music was playing. If you listen to the music when you go into a supermarket, if the music is slow, it's because there aren't that many people in there and they're slowing the people up. If the beat goes up, it's because you want to get people through. So <laughs> people automatically walk faster to the music. Yeah. Wow. But also things like the smells, that some of them can actually be um, chemical. You know, you think you can smell baking bread and it's not. It's an imposed um, perfume that we were talking about before and the whole idea of smells, you know, to get you. But they, what's it doing? It's hitting your pleasure centres. Oh, I'd really love one of those donuts now. Oh. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think if, you, if you look at, like, the layout of it, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but, like, a supermarket, you know, um, is laid out in a very particular way and, you know, often they will put the milk the one thing you went in for the pint of milk is like way at the back or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, well, you've got to ask it's not exactly where you think it should be so you've got to ask someone for it so you've got to go past all these other stuff and all these yeah. other smells and etc etc so yeah uh, and obviously at the tills well, there'll be lots of racks of stuff that you can just quickly chuck in at the last minute oh i need some of them oh i'll just have a pack of chewing gum oh i'll just have some of this they're yeah. clever in it but it, it, if you're walking along a row of shelves the things that are eye level are the ones that they want you to buy. So if you look downwards, you're going to find very similar things that are probably cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So, but people, it's easier to grab it at that eye eye level as you go along. And I wonder what yeah. kind of average height they they put stuff at because you and I are quite yeah relatively small for. No, 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 no. We're normal size. Bigger people are <laughs> vertically challenged. You have to get your head on this. But I take it all the kids' sweets are down at eye level for kids, probably. I've never even I've yeah, never yeah. looked. But. Yeah, no, no. When you go in, have a look. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really weird. If you go in somewhere like that and someone was taking you around, like a curator, and saying, look at the difference in that light and that light. Or, oh, look, they just changed the music. What does that mean? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all psychology going on. Yeah, all these things, you know, as as we live in the present that we can just take note of. And we don't have to be kind of like really cynical about it. You can if you want, but you can be you can be amazed and intrigued by it, can't you? And take take pleasure in it all. 
Yeah, I, I love to go in somewhere like a, a garage or something and have the salesman try and sell me a product. I just love it because I'm watching the psychology of what's going on. You know, and, and it's real fun to, to be involved in that. Yeah, if you see it for what it is, rather than being carried away with it. Yeah, well, I mean, last time we bought the car, um, which was quite a way back now, and hopefully it will, hopefully we won't go through that again. You know, that's my plan. But um, I was quite scared to go to a garage because I, I know that I'm quite easily swayed and will go along with stuff. So I, I, I was very particular in, like, I knew which car we wanted which model and I, I found them online and all that stuff so I, I cut out all that middleman stuff and spent a lot of time researching it and found one locally that was available went to test drive it and bought it so uh yeah because I, I just know that yeah if I'm put in front of someone that knows how to sell something to me that I definitely might not need or I'm might kind of add a few cheeky upgrades that yeah I'd, I'd so do, does that mean that you have easily activated pleasure centers I think it must do yeah <laughs> like it must do but yeah there's just stuff to look out for isn't there all the time and yeah there are people trying to scam you um which they may all not always be that obvious to to spot but well, i'm sure we're all aware that there are scammers out there um but yeah you, 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 you uh, what, what do you think is going to happen then in the next few months then as kind of life returns to normal in the uk and people have got money to burn i mean there is the potential for kind of quite serious economic hardship you know people might you know, people are feeling hard up at the moment, a certain amount, but um, it, it could be quite easy just to kind of splurge everything in the next few months and without kind of leaving enough for the winter. I think that there's two ways. There are people that don't have a lot that still have the drive to get because they haven't been able to do anything. Yeah, and they can end up in a worse situation. There are a lot of people in Europe, and particularly the UK, who have have gathered a huge amount of savings together. There's a vast amount of money that people haven't spent. They normally would have been out going to the pub, getting the takeaway, whatever. So like now we're in a position where these people can spend it and they want to spend it. But you have to remember that there are scammers out there that want it. They want it and they're out there to get it. Yeah, which, yeah. which is always kind of ridiculous. Why do human beings do this to each other? But we do. Um, so the, the, the thing is that we do have to be really awake at this moment as we go out. I mean, and people are saying to me already that, do you know how much a pint of beer is now? Um, and people have jacked up the price, of, the price of a pint because people, A, want to go and buy a pint, so you, you've got a market there. But, the, but the, uh, the sellers are trying to get back the money that they've lost because of lockdown. So yep. inevitably, there's going to be this movement in prices um, it's making sure that you're not being ripped off mm. while, while it's going on. Yeah. And that you're not being scammed, like you said, about, you know, giving the wrong details on emails and things and then ending up um, suddenly looking in your bank account and realising it's empty. Where's all that gone? Yeah. You know? well, I think your resource of the week is um, is to kind of make sure you've got your official bank app for your phone or tablet so you can know what to look out for and be careful yeah virtually all the apps uh, from the banks uh, whoever your bank is have anti-scamming um, information ideas they're protective things that you can do and it is really worth before you go out there into the big wild world and just actually go through some of that stuff and get your head on the right way around before you go and do it you know yes yeah. definitely yeah. Uh, well, my, my resource is Mad Men the TV show which um 
I think we got through most of it, uh, well, a couple of years ago, actually, but it's about the advertising industry in kind of 60s, late 50s, 60s America, you know, that kind of boom time for yeah. Um, when, when America was kind of, yeah, properly just, I guess it was kind of start of the plastic revolution as well and just people had money to burn post-war America and, yeah, everyone was starting to buy cars and the roads were getting built and amazing, like, obviously looking back now it's probably we took a few missteps in terms of the environmental cost of it all but uh yeah the advertising background to it all and the the tricks that were learned back then are kind of still with us now so it's worth watching that show if you haven't already i think that the biggest problem for human beings has been that they've acted without looking at the consequence and to me there was nothing wrong with producing plastics at the same if at the same time you produced the way to process the waste product on once you'd finished it in a positive way. Yeah. You know, then I think, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But we've done so many things, assuming that we can just dump or whatever in the sea and mm. it's all going to be okay. You know, yeah, well, and it's, it's not. Up with us now, isn't it? I just yeah. I listened to a podcast earlier today actually talking, and the guy was saying he's a plastic expert and he, he, he doesn't think we should use the term single use plastics. He thinks we should change it to hazardous waste because <laughs> it's just much more like alarming and it's more it's more of an accurate uh, description of what what it is yeah, kind of like single use plastic makes it sound quite oh it's fine here you go yeah it's bad but i'll just put it in the bin and someone else will sort it out but it's a hazardous waste you know and it threatens the uh it threatens us all you know we, we consume it in every glass of water we take because it's all kind of breaking down into our system in it yeah so yeah little tip for you yeah, not good. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. You happy, Sean? Yeah. One last shout out. We have a regular listener, Agnes, and it's her birthday today. So happy birthday, Agnes. Rock and roll, Agnes. Yeah, it's been a while. Hope you're well. Happy birthday. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Sean. Well, uh, I'll see you again right. next time, mate. Yep. Yeah, you take care. See you now. Peace. Bye. See you later. Bye. See you.